0: How you doing? Yeah, God damn it. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. Charlie O'Connor will be joining us from the Wells Fargo Center in just a little bit. The Flyers drop their uh, afternoon tilt today with the New York Rangers by a final score of two to one. Tyson Forster gets a big goal in the third period, but it is not enough As the Rangers escape with a victory for, uh, in case you didn't hear on the broadcast, New York's 10th win in a row, which is a franchise record. Uh, Maybe you weren't paying attention during the broadcast to hear that point. But, uh, nah, this one was just, god damn, like, I just really wanted this one. The Flyers came out and played really well against a really good, hot team. And uh, just could not capitalize on their chances. I realized the... The box score will say, yeah, okay, Igor Shostakhin, what did he end up with, 39 saves? That's a lot, a 975 save percentage. Um, He's been awesome lately, but I can't even say, like, Oh, yeah, well, you know, they got goalied in this one because there were so many opportunities, Uh, whether it was Lawton off the post shorthanded, whether it was Couturier at the very end, uh, there were some rebounds there, there were some missed chances on... uh, uh, well, the Morgan Frost chance in the third, they were just missed the net a few too many times. Rangers did a good job, I thought, of taking away shooting lanes, making the Flyers adjust and ultimately miss the net. Shots got blocked. Shots got deflected. Uh, but the Flyers played well. It's not as if they played poorly. Uh would have liked to maybe see a little bit more push in the second period. Got outshot 10-5 to five in the second. But overall, win the shot battle 40-24. to 24, I thought Sam erson was pretty good. I uh, made some enormous saves in this one. He and Shesterkin, I thought for the first half of the game, we're going save for save. <coughs> the uh, The first goal Ayrson lets in, you really would like to see him stop that. Um, but, I mean, he had just robbed Lafreniere like right before that. So, in my mind, I'm like, all right, let's pretend, you know, that amazing save was the one that actually went in and the five-hole goal. The second goal, uh, there's a whole bunch of deflections there. Again, maybe you'd like to see him uh, tighten up that five-hole a little bit and squeeze that puck, but it, I think, hits Barkley Goodrow and then it hits Matt Rempe in front, and what are you going to do? It's it's 2-1 there, and that's, that's the game winner. It's annoying uh, that... <laughs> that Matt, Matt Rempe gets the winner just because of that fight, man. I mean, this kid is coming into the uh coming into the league with some hype on uh what was it last Sunday? He gets the opening face off fight with Matt Martin in the outdoor game against the Islanders and Looked pretty good there, uh, but he drops the gloves with Nick DeLaurier. And despite a, an incredible size advantage, now this was just an aw- awesome fight. I'm going to say DeLaurier won it. I think he got a couple more big shots in. Uh, but uh, Matt Rempe, man, you need to learn to play some defense. There ain't no reason with that sort of size, <laughs> you should be taking that many shots uh, from a guy smaller than you. Watch some Pat Maroon fights. Um Pat Maroon, a couple of tilts with Delorier this year. And you know what he did said, you ain't hitting me, held him out here. Rempe needs to learn to play a little defense, but awesome freaking fight. It was a really, really good game down at the Wells Fargo center today. Uh, this is the beginning of a real, real tough stretch. Uh, I mean, tomorrow it's the Penguins. The Penguins haven't been great lately. They did play the flyers very tough in the last meeting, but, uh, it's really just like a month, uh, the next month stretch of games, uh, bookended, you know, today and then then a, a month from now against the Rangers again. I believe that one's up at MSG, but it, it's it's time to learn who this team is and who some of these guys are. Uh, I thought it was really good to see Owen Tippett play such a strong game today. Joel Farabee plays such a strong game today. Tyson Forster comes back, gets the goal. Uh, that was uh, – he gets credited with it, but the assist, and now that's points and six straight for Scott Lawton. Uh, dude looked like a man possessed. He was getting a point on that play. He was going to make something happen, and he did. Scott Lawton looking a lot like his uh, his usual self. And before we go any further – I got to say, PHLY Flyers today is presented by Mortgage CS. Check out MortgageCS.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company NMLS ID number 1464-766. The story, I guess, is going to continue to be the power play. I mean... It's hard to say that's the story when we know <laughs> we know the end. yeah. You know? Oh, and the story is, uh, you know, like uh, well, you've seen it six six hundred times already, but it's it just isn't good enough right now. And if this team is gonna make these important games, these meaningful games, if they're going to have the pushback they need, they simply need to be better on the power play. Uh, 0 for four today, I'm gonna call it O for three and a half. Um, now they did get jobbed on the, uh, the Farabee penalty that I believe negated their one, the one of their power plays like Farabee got cross-checked by a defenseman, got hit in the back of the head by Shesterkin, got wrapped around like bear hugged by Shesterkin and then was somehow called for interference, canceling out a power play. I, I I have no explanation for that call. He wasn't allowing Shesterkin to get to his stick. Which, I don't know, maybe hold on to it. Hold on to your stick. Maybe don't push the guy standing next to your stick into it so it gets kicked further away from you. I don't know. But, you know, it worked out for him because the Flyers get called for a penalty. But that's not why they lost. They lost today because the power play couldn't generate enough and they just could not capitalize on their chances when they got them. The chances were there. Plenty of opportunities all three periods. I mean... Yeah, they, they got killed in the shot battle, and it was uh, New York's best period, the middle frame today. If Scott Lawton just puts that puck in the net rather than hit the post, I know, easier said than done, especially with Shesterkin on the heater he's on, uh, came into the game in his previous five uh, with a 945 save percentage, 5 0 and a shutout. He's been absolutely phenomenal uh, lately. Uh, easier said than done you know you pick a corner you beat him and it hits the post that's rough but you just have to capitalize on those chances and I I don't know what can be done specifically about the power play at this point Lutton's chance was shorthanded that's I mean the best their offense looked a lot today was shorthanded again not a big shock there but we're at this point now where they're in it they can and should make the playoffs given the position they're in and the lead they have on the teams behind them, the Devils, the uh, Islanders, the Penguins, and the Caps. They're better than all those teams. They've been better all season. It's about holding on now. It's about coming up big in these big games. They played well today, but not well enough. Part of me just wants to be like, well, God damn it, TK was out, and if TK is in, they win this game. Like, it's just as simple as that, and it's not. Because, like, I who knows what happens? But, like, man, I just think, okay, well, if it's TK on that chance instead of Scott Lawton, I know they kill penalties together, so it's very likely it still would have been Lawton. But just in my head, <laughs> for my own sanity, I'm like, man, if TK gets that opportunity, <clears throat> that's a goal right there, and the Flyers are up one nothing, and it's a totally different story. But it's close but not close enough is going to be frustrating for a lot of us this year and joining us now it's Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter it is Charlie O'Connor Charlie I guess the first thing I have to ask about today the big big story if Sean Couturier doesn't have that C on his chest are his arms light enough to score that goal to tie the game with five (laughs) seconds left
1: yeah it's definitely the (laughs) captaincy that weighed him down without a doubt 100%
0: I listen, That's I got to, I, I got to make myself laugh. Cause I'm just going to be pissed off today, but it's like the good kind of pissed off. Like I'm freaking happy that these are meaningful, good games. And like, they came out and played really well today. Not well enough, but if they play this way, they're going to win a lot more than they lose down the stretch. Charlie. Um, I just said right before you joined, if TK plays today, the flyers win, it's that simple. Do you agree? Probably. <laughs> uh,
1: he's the flyers best player. they, They lost by a goal. It was an extremely close game that could have went either way. I will say that, while that would be the easiest way to analyze it, in my mind, like the best player on the ice tonight was Igor Shesterkin. Maybe Igor Shesterkin just would have stopped Travis Konechny on his four or five scoring chances because he was just playing that well. I don't know. The Flyers, I think, were the better skaters. The skaters of the Flyers were better than the Rangers skaters in this game what happened and it's not like Sam Harrison played poorly. I thought Sam Harrison played well. He had some really big saves. But the Flyers could have scored three or four goals in this game. Igor Shisterkin stole at least one or two. And it happens when I know Shesterkin hasn't had an amazing year this year, but it seems like he's catching fire recently. And tonight he looked like vintage Igor Shisterkin. And in my mind that was the uh, that was the difference of this game. Yes, maybe you get you get Travis Keneckney. Maybe you win this game. But Maybe also this was just a game where Eger Shesterkin was not going to let the Rangers lose.
0: And listen, we've seen that throughout the years. I mean, with the Rangers in Metro Division action. Yeah, sometimes the goalie, whether it's Lundqvist, whether it's Shesterkin, it's been going on for a long time. I stop short of saying they got goalied today, though because they did have plenty of opportunities where now maybe this like the goalie is so good you're gripping your stick you're trying to pick a corner you miss the net whatever it might be uh frost had a big chance i thought and just kind of missed on it i thought the rangers did a pretty good job of uh like redirecting shooting lanes getting in front of guys to make it difficult to get their shots through but i i stopped short of saying they got goalied because like I don't know, man. Coots not scoring at the end there. That has nothing to do with Schesterkin. There were a couple of opportunities like that, but ultimately, yeah. When it's like, well, if they scored on those three chances where it wasn't about the goalie, like that's because they weren't ever gonna score on the goalie. So I get it. Uh some other things I wanted to ask you about today, Charlie. The big the big thing was, you know, how many Rangers fans were there? It was seemed like once again it It just kind of sounded loud to me on the broadcast, like, both ways. Uh, What was the ratio? Like, was it a full-on takeover, or was it just, like, a decent amount of Rangers fans?
1: No, there were a lot of Rangers fans. It really was pockets. Like... There were some sections that were mostly Flyers fans, and there were scattered pot patches of blue. There were a couple sections in the lower level that were almost entirely Rangers fans. Then there were some sections that were almost entirely Flyers fans. I think there were absolutely more Flyers fans of this game than Rangers fans, but there were enough Rangers fans that they got loud. And it, to me, it felt more like a battle between the fans than it was the rangers invaded like it was loud there were a lot of let's go rangers chants and then whenever a let's go rangers chant would start there would be an enormous amount of booze from the flyers fans that trying to drown it out it just felt like a push and pull which honestly is kind of fun like ideally flyers fans are selling out this arena and they make it so it's impossible or near impossible for a rangers fan to get to go to this game but this did not have the same feel to me as that infamous game from last year when the Rangers fans truly did seem like they invaded and took over the arena. To me, there was serious pushback from the Flyers fans in the arena. And it just more felt like a battle. It felt like a rivalry. It it does. And I think that's going to be the, the the core part of the article I plan to write on this game. This feels like an emerging rivalry. It really does. And that's kind of cool because I feel like at least in my lifetime, There hasn't been an extended stretch where both of these teams were good at the same time. It's usually been when the Rangers are up, the Flyers are down. When the Flyers are up, the Rangers are down. If this is really the Flyers and this is the start of a sustained run of success, and remains to be seen if that's true, we've been fooled before, but if it is the beginning of the upward trajectory of the Flyers where they are a consistent playoff team and a consistently competitive team, I don't think the Rangers are going anywhere. This kind of felt to me like the start of a potential rivalry because I think the Penguins are on the down. The Capitals are on the down. I don't think the Hurricanes are good and they're going to stay good, but I just don't think they're a team that inspires the kind of passionate hatred that the Rangers would for Flyers fans. Like This could be a really fun matchup over the next three, four, five years.
0: No, we've talked about this before. Like, The Rangers win the cup in 94, and that's, like, right before the Flyers take off in the 90s. And then, like, they meet in 97, but that Rangers team is, like, you know, the recreated Oilers 10 years later. They were 100 years old, and it was like, okay, Lindros is the next one, you know? And then they don't meet in the playoffs again until what? 2014 like it's yeah. it, it's it was a long long time and it was just kind of always back and forth on who was good and now no this was this was a ton of fun today and it's what made me like pissed off when it ended like god damn it we lost to these assholes and i can't say i've ever felt that way about the rangers before the way i have pittsburgh and jersey and like the teams that have foiled my good times throughout my lifetime so we're starting to get the reignition of this rivalry and it started early tonight chuck Fight of the year contender. I know this isn't your favorite
1: thing, but that was a fucking fight. Was it not? No, that was, that was a, that was a battle. That was an awesome fight. Again, this goes back to what I'm talking about, about it could be an emerging rivalry. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Nick Deloria is going to be a flyer forever. Nor is, um, is Rempe necessarily going to be a ranger forever. We'll see if he sticks at the NHL level, but it does seem like i brought this up to uh, to peter ball who covers the uh, the rangers for the athletic now um where he was talking about rempe this is before the goalie scored but after the fight and i was like look it doesn't shock me The slightest that Peter Laviolette is bringing the six foot seven (laughs) fighter in. Like, I can't get out of my head the fact that Peter Laviolette thought it was a great idea for Zach Ronaldo to make his NHL debut in a playoff series because he wanted a crazy person in his lineup. Like, this is a Peter Laviolette thing. This is a Peter Laviolette thing. So, like, it might not be Rempe a year, two years down the line, but knowing LaViolette, it's going to be somebody and knowing the flyers they're going to have, whether it's Delorier or sealer or some guy they get or trade for or whatever, this is going to be a thing. And if they keep having these kind of kinds of epic fights, because that was, that was a bout. I mean, that was an absolute battle, tons of punches. It was, it was a fun fight to watch. This is the kind of thing that will spark fans getting more into it. Like, you know, we talk about the, the Penguins-Flyers rivalry as the one most recent rivalry that was the most fun. You think back to, like, the Talbot fight. They this, Those teams scrapped. You had that, that the oh. series in 2012, fights like crazy. It was just pure chaos on ice. Like, that's one of the reasons why I don't want fighting to end in the NHL is because when two teams legitimately don't like each other, that can grow organically and suddenly you have the zaniness that only a bunch of guys dropping the gloves and punching each other in the face can can escalate and i thought you saw in that fight like the start of maybe something that over the next few years could escalate
0: they play again in a month and i'm looking forward to that one already chuck uh it's like the end (laughs) of that month of games that i said was bookended with the rangers and I want to fast forward to that one already. That that was a ton of fun. Now, Delorier more than held his own. I give Rempe credit uh for not just doing the pat maroon and holding him out here. Uh he yeah. was he was in that fight to land some punches and win it, not just not get beat up and I really appreciate that. He's got the reach advantage.
1: That, he could have taken advantage of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, especially with a dude that's like so much bigger. Like he was in it to win that fight. That was really fun. Now Delorier served his purpose there, but You look at this lineup today, and I know we've talked about it endlessly, but 11 forwards and one of them is Nick Delorier. It's the front end of a back-to-back. You're going to go tomorrow probably with your backup goaltender. I know you don't agree with it, but can you make it make sense to me?
1: I mean... What I will say, and I tweeted this out before the game, is that, well, with Travis Kinecti injured, they only have 11 healthy forwards on the on the roster. I think there was a good chance they were going to go 12-6 had Kinecti not gotten injured in practice. That said, Allentown ain't that far away. You could have called somebody up. Bobby Brink scored another goal today, apparently, for the Phantoms. You could have yeah. brought him back for, for one game. Look, I... What I will say is that I do think it's overblown the idea that, like, oh, my God, they use 11 forwards. It's the dumbest thing in the world to do in a back-to-back. These are well-conditioned athletes. They barely played this past week. I don't think it's going to kill them to get an extra minute or two of ice time because they went 11-7 rather than 12-6. That said, I— do think that the Flyers, especially if they're going to use DeLaurier in this role, and seeing that Matt Rempe and Edstrom were in the lineup, I get why they felt like he had to be in. But if they're going to use DeLaurier in this role, I, I'd like a little bit more offensive firepower in the lineup. And given the fact they do have guys in the AHL who could bring that offensive firepower, it's just like maybe. Maybe you don't have to depend upon Owen Tippett to create all of your offense. You know, He has 10 shots on goal. He was kind of a, a controlled entry machine in this game. Tyson Forrester, you give him the second most minutes. Maybe you don't have to fully depend upon a guy who missed the last week and a half to drive your offense. Maybe you can do it a little bit more by committee. It's especially noticeable because, for example, somebody like Cam Atkinson is providing nothing like actually nothing over these past two, three weeks, which has made the other issues in the lineup even more noticeable. Like, for example, and I thought this was this was a glaring explanation as to why the Flyers are still committed to this idea of rebuilding, why every time he asked Danny Breer, every time he asked Keith Jones, are you guys ready to turn the corner? It's no, we're still looking to the future. They have that power play at the end of the third period. They go, you know, they go with all the big guns. Then they pull Harrison, they keep those big guns out. And granted, they only were on the ice for about 20 seconds. And Garnet Hathaway does his job. He almost draws a penalty on Igor Shisterkin, so props to him. But you're down by one goal with a minute left in the game, and you have Ryan Palin, Garnet Hathaway, and Scott Lawton on the ice. Like, this is why they need more talent. It just is, and maybe if you had Bobby Brink in the lineup, you don't have to have Ryan Paling out there or Garnett Hathaway out there. You could have somebody on the ice who has a decent chance of scoring a goal. It it plays into why they're rebuilding, but it also reminds you that like maybe this was a game where you give Bobby Brink the the one game or two game call up for the weekend because you want to have a little bit more firepower in the lineup.
0: That's they are in Charlotte this weekend. They play today in Charlotte and tomorrow in Charlotte. So it's like maybe they left Fair. before. Uh, before TK got hurt at practice. I don't know. I don't know their travel schedule and how the AHL works. Um, But like... Uh, just charter a flight man yeah like it's you're owned <laughs> by comcast you can probably yeah. get him back here one way or another send the goddamn helicopter i don't care uh like it's i just look at i i know they don't seem to have a ton of confidence in ulul excel but if it's not brink like there's a ton of dudes down there putting up decent numbers and you look at one goal today and your best offensive player out I don't know how you planned on winning today with the lineup you put out there. And you had a hell of a chance. If you just had a little bit more, I think you could have pulled it off. Uh, I do want to – I wanted to ask you about that thing at the end with Hathaway's line out there, but you mentioned it. Um, The power play itself, man, 0 for – I'm going to call it three and a half. I don't know how far he got called for a penalty when he had three penalties committed against him on the play. Uh, But regardless, 0 for 4 on the day. I know there's nothing that can be done, but like, shouldn't it be a little better than it is just like
1: a little. You would think, right? (laughs) No, look, look, this was a game where you saw what, you know, we're, we're talking about games now that are important, that matter. These are games between two teams battling for a playoff spot. The Rangers are probably one of the favorites to come out of the East this year. They're a really good team. The Flyers are a team that's sitting in playoff position that is battling for a spot. These are important games with the intensity up that have a lot of meaning. And you're seeing why having a crap power play can really come back to bite you in these kind of games. And I'm of the opinion that this power play isn't going to be fixed this year. I mean, we're at the end of February. There ain't that much time left in the season. Still hasn't been fixed. If they hadn't fixed it yet, probably not going to get fixed it's just something that the flyers are going to have to deal with and what you saw today is what happens when you're in a tight game against a really good opponent and you just need that one more thing to push you over the edge and they don't have the power play the power play can't be one of those things the penalty kill can i mean travis sanheim nearly scores on that on that breakaway they i think they rang another one lawton rang another one on the Uh, shorthanded, like they almost picked up that shorthanded goal that can make up for the fact that the power play stinks, they didn't and it highlights the fact that they can't score on the power play they just, once in a while you'll get a good bounce, a rebound will bounce to somebody, you know, Owen Tippett will snipe one, whatever but you can't depend on it, you can't rely on it And that's just the way it is. If they get in the playoffs, they are going to have to enter a playoff series knowing that we can't rely on our power play. Like, still going to get power plays. They're still going to try to create chances. It's not like they're going to wave the white flag and say, we we don't want it. (laughs) But they can't depend upon it to help them win games. They just can't. It's an active hindrance. They have a lot of other good things going for them. But that power play, it's just, it's not pulling its weight. I don't think it's going to this season. It's just the way it is.
0: Uh, a couple of individuals I wanted to get your opinion on today. You know, yesterday when we, uh, after our Jonesy interview, we talked about Scott Lawton on the show, and I was like, I know what they mean when he says he plays, you know, Flyers hockey. Even though it's not like he fights all the time, it's not like he's the most physical guy, but he's just tenacious. Is that yep. how he picked up the assist today? Like that was that was the thing they love about Scott Lawton right there is that sort of effort.
1: Yeah, I think Scott Lawton today played a Scott Lawton game. He did. This is exactly why they love him. And in in all honesty, for the last, what, two weeks, he's now on a six-game point streak. He's got seven points in his last six games, two goals. He's got an assist in his last four. Like, this is the Scott Lawton that the Flyers value. And when you look at his numbers at the end of the season, they're probably not going to be that great. But – One of the reasons why, and I I, I don't fully buy into it all the time, but for somebody like Lawton, I do buy into it. One of the reasons why teams want Scott Lawton, why they may overpay for him, why the Flyers have put him out there saying like, we don't want to get rid of him, but hey, if you give up too much for him, we might trade him. It's because there's a feeling that when the games get tighter, when the games start meaning more, a player like Scott Lawton is built for those games. And what you're seeing over these past couple of weeks is that the games are getting tighter, Playoffs are, are, are on the horizon, and Scott Lawton has upped his game. That's why teams want him. They want him because they think he can be their Barkley Gugger, their Blake Coleman in the playoffs. He can be that missing role player piece who brings that intensity. And I think today, if there were any scouts in this arena watching, they probably sent a report back to, you know, if it was Boston or Edmonton or whoever, what other what, what teams are looking for another piece. Tampa, I don't know. It's like, hey, I don't know how much it's going to cost to get Scott Lawton, but man, he would be a big help for us in the second round of a playoff series or something like that. I just, he's showing over these last few weeks, why teams want him so much.
0: Charlie, it was a big surprise to me that when the game ended, Joel Farabee did not have a goal. Uh, I thought, especially in the first period, he was everywhere. What did you think of Farabee's effort tonight?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was really good. Uh, he, the energy, you got the sense that, and maybe I'm just making this up, but he was the guy more than anybody else who I felt like stepped up to replace the energy they lost by not having T- Travis connecting in the lineup. To me, he was playing a TK type game. And, and it leads them getting a couple penalties, one of which was kind of ridiculous, but they called it so whatever. The high stick was definitely a penalty. But it just seemed like he was playing a little bit more on the edge than he normally does. And maybe he was doing it with the knowledge that we're going to need this kind of energy from somebody. TK's not in the lineup. I can bring it. Maybe not every night like TK does, but I can bring it on occasion. We might need it in this game. So I'm going to, you know, maybe give that little extra at the end of every shift to try to spark this team. I thought he was really good. Um, made some mistakes. I, I'm not sure if he was the one who, who missed the switch on Rempe in front of the net, that said, on the game-winning goal, because Walker kind of moved up, because they they obviously play the uh, the zone, Walker moves up in coverage, Farabee was a little bit late getting back into, like, the net front area. That said, Joel Farabee's six foot and still, like, under 200 pounds probably, and Rempe is enormous. Even if Joel Farabee is in position, is he really moving him away from the front of the net? I'm, I'm skeptical so i don't know how much i want to pin it on him i don't think joel farabee was perfect today is what i'm saying but i think he provided a ton of energy he was everywhere especially in the first half of the game he's just joel farabee he's a really effective player and he's turning into one of the flyers best players and i thought today he was one of the flyers best players even if he didn't score a goal
0: leaving a guy alone in front of the net is usually a recipe for disaster that said I put that goal on Erson because he didn't just drop his stick and then punch Rempe in the back of the head because that's how you draw uh. interference penalties in this league. I, that's uh. what I learned early in the game, at least. I, it's not why they lost. It's just going to boggle my mind for the rest of time. That penalty call, Charlie. I don't care how they try to explain it. It was fucking insane. Um, but they did take a bunch of other penalties today five power plays for the rangers three of them on high sticks has uh, has the coach
1: said anything about the lack of discipline they've had lately not really i really don't think that's been a major problem i think it probably is a byproduct of the increased intensity of the games that the guys are playing a little bit more on the edge because the games are just higher intensity games i also was skeptical like that Couturier high stick i don't know if he actually hit him in the face it looked like he hit so. him in the chest and then and it might not even have been an embellishment like i've played hockey i you've played hockey you know how it is where if you have a stick that's up near your eyes even if it doesn't hit you your natural instinct is to throw your head back because you're trying to protect the things that allow you to see and that to me didn't look like a high stick that looked like a stick in the chest that freaked out the guy i think it was fox who took it uh freaks out fox he throws his head back gets the penalty called i don't think that was necessarily anybody's fault i just am unsure if that was actually a penalty that's what happens in high intensity games like joel farabry takes the high sticking penalty because he's trying to get the puck back and he is he a little careless with the stick sure but that's the byproduct of playing hard and you're going to take penalties when you play hard. And the Flyers have an elite penalty kill who can erase the mistakes of when you play hard. So it makes it less less of a priority for you to tell your guys to dial it down a bit when, hell, they're seemingly more likely to score on the penalty kill than they are on the power play. So it's not even that big of a deal. Like, obviously, you don't want to be taken off the penalties. You don't want Travis Konechny to be taking the penalty that he took in the stadium series game. Like, that's a dumb penalty. That's one where you just got to be smarter. But... I do think that some of the penalties they've been taking recently are just a byproduct of the increased intensity of the game. And you kind of just deal with it because the increased intensity they're playing with is what's allowing them to survive as these games start to matter more.
0: All right, Charlie, I am uh, interested to see what direction you go with this one. It is now time for Charlie O'Connor's three stars of the game leading off with star number three.
1: Star number 3, I'm going to go with one Tyson Forster who I thought was really good in this game. Obviously scores the Flyers only goal, but the fact that you know he missed four games I believe with injury, coming back for the for the first time in a little bit and John Tortorella gives him 21 minutes. Second most ice time among Flyers forwards behind only Owen Tippett who as I said earlier had 10 shots on goal, he was flying too. But it shows just how trusted Tyson Forrester is by John Tortorella, that he didn't hesitate to give him that kind of usage in his first game back from injury. He almost scored early on in the game. Uh, Shesterkin kind of robbed him on an early chance. Forrester was buzzing from the start. Tortorella noticed it, gave him the ice time, gets rewarded with a with a big goal that you know very easily could have turned the tide in this game, certainly tied the game. Forster was real good, and uh, I thought this was a game where he he reminded people who might be skeptical of his scoring ability that he does have the ability to score at this level. and the hope is that over the next one, two, three, four years, he starts to finish on more of the chances that his his hockey smarts and his work ethic allow him to create for himself.
0: Yeah. And that's, I know he hasn't maybe given us the offense we were hoping for after his brief stint last year, where it looked like he had so much scoring potential. Maybe he gets there one day. He's been coming along, but while he was out, it was painfully obvious. The middle six seriously missed him. Like it's, it was nice to see Forster back. So that's star number three. What do you have for star number two?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm going to go with Matt like he scores the game winning goal but also like look i know he's 6 foot 7 i get it like he shouldn't be scared of anybody Nicholas Deloriere is still one of the toughest guys in the league. Like he is a badass. He is well known and well respected, and honestly feared by most of the players in the league. This is a guy who, you know, four games into his NHL career, Nick Delaurier goes over to him in in pregame skate and is like, "So we doing this tonight?" And it would have been very easy for the kid to be like, "Nah, I'm good," or just kind of <laughs> blow him off. And in, and instead, kid answers the bell. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that fight even really had a winner. It was just an epic battle. Like, you know, Deloria knocks him over at the end because Rempe gets his jersey up over his head. But Rempe landed quite a few punches. I mean, Deloria was bleeding after that one. I, oh, yeah. I saw Deloria in the locker room after the game. His face was definitely a little worse for the wear after that bout rempe answered the bell he also was honestly pretty effective in this game like didn't play a ton of minutes obviously but he actually by natural stature he actually led the the rangers in uh in expected goals four percentage he was up over 80 percent, and he scores the game winning goal like great game by the kid gotta give him credit i don't know what his nhl potential is ultimately but in this game he was a difference maker
0: I, I I wish he was ours, man. We got to get Sam Moran back in the lineup to uh, to have a battle of the monsters there. Yeah. But I wondered where you would put Rempe, and that leaves us now with the inevitable star number one.
1: Yeah, star number one for me was Hysterica. I mean, he was the difference in this game. The Flyers throw 83 shot attempts in his direction, 41 shots on goal, uh, 3.23 expected goals. He gives up one. He was great. He's in my mind. I know he hasn't been that great this year. In my mind, he is the most talented goalie in the NHL. I think you know if if I'm looking to win one game, I might pick him. It's either him or Hellebuck. And you know, as good as Hellebuck is, shesterkin can make saves in my mind that Hellebuck can. And tonight, shesterkin shut the door. There were quite a few times where the Flyers came just this close to scoring, and then. They get stopped, and you remember, oh, right, the Rangers have Igor Shesterkin. I thought he was fantastic in this game. If the the Rangers have a league average goalie, the Flyers win this game. Instead, they have Igor Shesterkin, so the Flyers lost.
0: And that is Charlie O'Connor's three stars of the game brought to you by Empire Today. With Empire Today, you get get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a price match guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, you know, they have copycats, but those copycats can't beat Empire Today on quality, service, speed. So they advertise low-quality products That empire simply won't carry. Empire today won't promise the lowest prices. Because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. Empire's philosophy is to help find, help you find what you need, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What we leave out of our selection is as important as what we put in. Empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles. And their virtual floor designer is, gr- is a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code PHLY. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHLY for details. That's 1-800-588-2300. Empire Today. Today. That part's not in the read, but I have to throw it in for me. Uh, Charlie, just before I let you go... um, Mood of the coach, mood of the locker room after this one. I know that, like, we can almost look at it sort of like a moral victory. I'm not going that way. I'm pissed off they lost. But, like, they played pretty fucking well in what I thought was a very,
1: very important game. Um, How's how's the room feeling today? I mean, they... Like Scott Lawton was the guy we talked to, who was gay, was the most revealing. Um, I stayed a little bit later to talk to Nick Delorier, so I didn't get a chance to speak with Sam Harrison, who was the other player that we had access to. So can't really speak to his reaction to the game. Uh, Scott Lawton basically said, "Look, you know it's frustrating. We obviously wanted to win this one, but we believe we played a game that was good enough for us to win. It just didn't go our way." I got the same sense from John Torrell. John Torrell delivered a very short press conference. It was about 90 seconds, but you didn't get the sense he was mad at the team. You just got the sense he was frustrated they didn't win. That that he was he basically said we we did a lot of good things. We played a good game. You just didn't win and he's pissed off they didn't win because he really wanted this one understandably so this was a tight game that could have went either way it just didn't go the flyers way they didn't make enough plays they didn't make enough plays in the end they didn't get that one chance morgan frost didn't finish that chance on the power play sean gatoria doesn't finish that chance with five seconds left in the game they were so close to getting at least a point out of this one if not two instead they get a regulation loss in a game that really could have went either way so i don't think they're angry i don't think they're down on themselves they're just pissed they're pissed that they lost they're pissed that this was a game that was winnable against a really good team they could have made a statement and instead they lose a close game that yeah if you evaluate it and analyze it could have went either way strong performance by the flyers in the hole it just wasn't strong enough and and they're frustrated about that but i don't think this is going to negatively carry over to tomorrow's game against a significantly weaker pittsburgh Penguins team
0: well, the uh, the frustration is mutual, but it does kind of feel good after the last couple of years to be playing in these games that matter. And that is the most important thing. It's what Jonesy told us yesterday. They want to evaluate these guys in what aren't fake games, as we've been saying for weeks now, and they're getting a chance today. Charlie, I will uh, see you tomorrow in studio. For the uh, for the Penguins game, you are not going to Pittsburgh because you're a smart, smart man, and you'll be joining me uh, right here at the PHLY Studio. So everyone, come back tomorrow for that. I will see you on Sunday, Chuck.
1: All right, sounds good. Thanks, Bill.
0: That was Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter, Charlie O'Connor, with his uh, post game hit from the Wells Fargo Center. You know, he didn't have to travel very far for today's game. He's not going to Pittsburgh, but I bet you you. Might be itching to get out, get out on a little bit of a road trip. What better time than right now to go down to Clearwater to catch some Philly spring training with Philly sports trips. That's right. We're off to Clearwater with Philly sports trips for our very first PHLY spring training takeover. Why go with Philly sports trips? Why go with PHLY? I got a couple reasons for you. This trip, March 13th to the 18th, you're going to have such benefits as hang out with Philly's legend, Charlie Manuel. That seems like a good time. I've had the pleasure to hang out with Charlie a few times. He fucking rules, man. Uh, He is the absolute best. That kind of makes it worth it right there. Uh, But Philly Sports Trips plans out the whole experience from flights and hotels to game tickets and transportation. They take care of everything to make sure you have the best possible time. And I mentioned the dates, March 13th to the 18th. What's in there? It's St. Paddy's Day. You can send, you can spend St. Patrick's Day on a private yacht with a catered dinner as well as drinks. What better way? What better way than to celebrate St. Paddy's than on a yacht in Clearwater, Florida? Seems like a pretty damn good time to me. Be on the lookout for more events throughout the year with Philly Sports Trips, but you're wanna get you're gonna wanna get in on this one. So book our trip March 13th to the 18th. Don't wait. Head to allphly.com slash events to learn more and book today. Uh, I don't have a ton more for you, I'm going to be honest. Uh, that's that's more or less all I have. i got to vamp a little to create some time so we can put in the game time read at the end. Uh, speaking of game time, you should, you're on our YouTube page now. Add our... Uh, add our... Uh, The the vlog I did, me and Chris Frezza, one of our social media directors, uh, went to the stadium series game, and I had no idea how this thing was going to turn out it's fucking hilarious is you see my evolution of drunkness throughout the thing like getting on the bus with like three coolers and a tray of jello shots and then like getting off the bus and then by the third period uh i'm barely you you can't understand me uh but it was it was a lot of fun so thank you to game time for that uh before i do that read i do want to thank JP my boy JP Zapata he is behind the glass today Uh, you just you do everything for us you're kind of uh, you're kind of our Scott Lawton you know we need you up in the lineup you're up in the lineup we need you down in the lineup you're down in the (laughs) lineup wherever you need to be we get the most out of you JP what did you think of today's game that that's my goal
2: here Bill like I I may not be as talented as you as Charlie but one thing (laughs) is for sure I am a glue guy and I'm definitely going to get there but no I really do appreciate whatever I need to do for the team but no this was look I I was looking forward to I always look forward to Rangers games these days because I want to see where we're kind of at and this is like a good stepping stone is kind of seeing where we're at because obviously look the Rangers are the class of our division I think they're still gonna win this division in my opinion but you saw a lot of good but you still see like we are still not there yet but you love to see the fight I think there was a lot more positives here than there were negatives and at the end of the day it was it was a close game. It essentially was a one one goal game essentially yeah. there for for most of it. So, uh, I I am with you. It sucks because it's just the it's the Rangers. That's why everyone's just pissed off. If this if this was on, honestly if this was like against like I don't know like the Jets, I don't think we'd be as mad as we are right now. But because oh, it's no. the Rangers, we're an extra, extra mad here today. But tomorrow's going to be a good one to, to bounce back especially against Pittsburgh. That 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 fire's still going to be there with that metro hate. But uh, I, I think tonight I'm just pissed that we just lost the Rangers again, man.
0: And it would have been like if this is at MSG, I probably feel a little differently. I would have really liked to send home those Rangers fans upset. Like they bought the tickets, came, took the train, came down here. I would like them to have to go two hours home, miserable. That would be <laughs> fun. Uh, but it's not to be. But maybe you, uh, maybe you want to pay back the favor. Yeah, you know, listen, next month Flyers up at MSG. Maybe we need to take over their stadium best way to do that it's with game time because buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more and the game time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have for you today. Uh, We will be back here tomorrow. We're actually doing a pregame show tomorrow as well. So make sure you join us prior to Flyers Penguins right here on the YouTube page. Charlie and I will be live from the studio. And that is going to be brought to you by Coors Light. Because who doesn't love an ice-cold Coors Light? All right, this has been PHLY Flyers presented by Mortgage CS. Check out mortgagecs.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company NMLS ID number 1464766. All right, that's it. My name is Bill Matz for J.P. Zapata behind the glass for Charlie O'Connor. Thank you very much for joining us. Make sure you go to allphly.com slash events to check out our takeover March 14th for the Flyers-Leafs game and a meet-up in the assembly room as well. I'm done selling you stuff. I'll talk to you Sunday. Have a great Saturday night, Philly.